0: What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 449 of the SmackDown Moments Smack Talk podcast Hot Tags of the Week, where we'll be breaking down some of the current events, rumors, news, gossip, and anything else that's happened over the past few days in the world of professional wrestling that we feel like talking about. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, is Robert E. Hello, I'm back. And Stephen Wigo. Yeah,
1: I'm
0: back for a third time. And almost like out almost cutting out there as well. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, hot tags. uh, You guys know the score by now most likely, but if you're brand new to this whole setup, this is what we're essentially going to do. We're going to talk about some of the topics that you see down in the description on YouTube or wherever you're listening to us. Obviously, if you're listening to us on some kind of a platform that does not have a comment section, and I want you to be a part of the comments thing, you should head on over to the YouTube and you should, while you're over there, hit that like button on the video because that helps out quite a bit. And you should subscribe to the channel if you haven't done that already and ring that little notification bell to be aware of when things get posted and when things go live. But, uh, whatever it is that um, you want to be a part of, as long as you're listening to this, this is great. But yeah, drop a comment below, tell us your thoughts on these things, and we are going to be running down whatever we come up with on the spot as well. So that's why it says more random topics and discussion, because maybe we get something that pops up in the middle of it. Maybe we just kind of go on a sidetrack or something, whatever it is. Um, Yeah. So let's just dive into this with the first topic that I've got written down, at the very least. Sarah Logan (laughs) has announced that she is pregnant. So that was one of those things that she uh, had apparently said before that she never really wanted to do. It's like she didn't want to really get married, and she didn't want to have a kid, and she was just focusing on pro wrestling. And uh, you know, not that long, relatively speaking, after getting married, she loses her job in pro wrestling, decides not to really do it all that much anymore, focus on her. It's Wild and Free TV, I think is the name of it. And bang, there you go, pregnant. So. Congrats to her and uh, Ray Rowe slash Eric of the Viking Raiders. But I got to imagine it's at least partially kind of like, like, ah, nuts or something like that, that it's like, ah, I can't announce that on like the roster and like piggyback off of like the Becky Lynch type of thing and stuff. Right. Can't hang out with people backstage. You can't have like, you know, but then again, maybe it's safer that she wasn't wrestling at this time, you know?
1: She probably would have appreciated some maternity leave now, too, and she can't mm. get that, so I'm sure that sucks. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Oof.
0: I think they
2: have to take care of them when they release them, don't they? do they get the nice severance or something? Because she was the one that they were like, no, she's, she's coming back because uh, Eric put up a stink, like, you better hire her or I'm gone, too. But I think she said she was five weeks, so it might have
1: been like right as she got released. Mm. Well, she, might, she might get maternity leave if it was happened during her employment. I'm not sure how any of that works in the United States, but I feel bad for her. I mean, it would have been nice to be able to do that on the roster amongst her friends, and Probably have a lot less worries. As far as what happens when a WWE star gets cut early, I know sometimes if there's a lot left in their contract, they'll get a certain payout.
0: And I don't know exactly if she was one of the ones where her contract was ending soon or if she had just signed a new one or not, but I would assume at the very least that she probably was towards the end of her contract and hadn't signed yet. And that might be why because a lot of the people that they let go were people that that was the case and she was kind of one of those oddball ones like why they released her out of everybody else because they didn't release a whole lot of the women's division so that was she was actually one of the first ones too if i remember correctly where the whole day where it was just like this person and then that person and that person i think it was like she might have been like the third or the fourth or something so if that's the case, then maybe she did get some kind of a payout, but I'm sure the maternity leave and still being on the roster would have been a hell of a lot better, and hopefully whatever she's got going on right now, all that's going to work out well, but eh, congrats at the very least. That's neat. And uh, I'm assuming that they're if they're going to have a boy or a girl, we're going to be sure that it's a Viking. So
2: yeah, It will definitely be a Viking.
0: It's going to come out with those horns and some mead. Oh, that's
2: going to be. It's going to be painful for her.
0: Jeez. Yeah, she's tough. <laughs> um, let's see here. Actually, you know what? Funny enough, I don't have a single other hot tag that doesn't tie you into the TV shows. So before we go on to just start and to talk about the TV shows, let me just do a quick uh, check to see if there's anything else that's going on. Do you happen to know anything that's like a topic that's not TV based? Like, you know, we're going to talk about the US title. We're going to talk about the FTW title, that kind of thing. But those are on the shows themselves. I don't think that there's been anything else happening this week. Right?
2: So AJ Styles called Paul Heyman a bold faced liar because the story went around that, you know, AJ was leaving SmackDown because he didn't get along with Heyman. And he just said that that's not true. And everybody knows he's a liar. Just go back to his ECW days. Um, I don't put it past Paul Heyman to be a liar. I feel like that's like saying Vince McMahon is promiscuous. You know, that's just a thing that we know.
1: I mean, it's true. He's a fat, dirty little liar and he can't be trusted. It's well documented. It doesn't mean that he's not a fantastic writer and puts out some of the best wrestling, but yeah, he's a very untrustworthy person. I don't doubt that he made some bullshit up.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, and even with that, I'm sure there are some people out there who love him because. Even bad people had people that love him, you know? It's just a
1: thing. Hey look, son, I can listen to the Paul Heyman rant for two hours about shit. Maybe he's even bullshitting half the time. It's entertaining, but just just an absolute liar and <laughs> distrustful person. It's well documented.
0: Yeah, it's pretty bad when like his friends are like, Yeah, I thought about killing him at one point. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> like, like Tommy yeah, Dreamer's like, like I-, I was gonna murder him, you know, like that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's not even like a secret. It's not like where it's heavily debated. Everyone was like, yeah, it's a, it's a real piece of shit in ECW. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, let's see here. We uh, Leo Rush has announced that uh, on the 20th, he's going to be announcing what his final match is going to be.
2: Really? So. What a waste. Le- Leo Rush deserves to do more in wrestling. I think he's a lot better than giving credit for.
1: You should get a push off a cliff.
2: <laughs> God What did Leo Rush ever do to you?
1: Kind of fucking annoying. Um, I've never really got the hype for him. But I don't enjoy flippy wrestlers, and it's the epitome of everything that I hate in high spot wrestling.
0: What about low spot wrestling? Well,
1: No. <sighs> I are we talking about Wormtoggle <laughs> now? <laughs> oh, I forgot how fucking much your uh, dumbass jokes think sometimes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. There's a thing about um, Shad Khan. He wants to fill um, TIAA bank field with uh, 25% capacity. Which and... is the
2: football field right across the street from Daly's place where they held the uh, stadium stampede.
0: Yeah, so he wants to do that soon, and that's also getting some people to go. Oh my god, dynamite's gonna have twenty five percent capacity. I don't know how the hell that's supposed to work because Florida is like the epicenter of like the world at this point when it comes to COVID. So, you know, but then again, uh, how long has Florida been like? No, we're not. So it's like they might just do that.
2: As a Floridian, I'll have you know that you're right. And I I, I wish I wasn't a Floridian right now. But, you know, I I think that this is just stupid. And to be fucking clear, if Vince McMahon announced that he wanted to have 25% capacity, they would be, oh, fuck WWE, boycott them. But because it's AEW, there will be some people who just give it a pass because they're the cool brand and they're the alternative. And I hate that.
0: I would think even 25% capacity would be way too close to each other cuz you figure if it's like every four seats then so, like how do you
1: space that out all the way I look at the UFC doing Fight Island this weekend and on a fucking private island in Abu Dhabi they're still having fights fall out because of covid and you want to try it in Florida the mm. oh, fuck is wrong with people?
0: Apparently, if they do get the opportunity to do that, twenty-five percent of capacity at Daly's place would be one thousand three hundred and seventy-five people. So, yeah, when it's so like
2: your standard in when
0: uh, yeah, when you get people that go to like the supermarket and it's like, oh my god, I shouldn't stand in line because like that one person could screw it up for everybody. Thirteen hundred plus people. Instead, that's that can't be a recipe for success.
2: I don't know. I don't want to speculate too heavy, but we've seen that wrestling just doesn't stop, and you know it—it's going to continue no matter what. So they probably will have people by August. Oof.
1: So I blank out AEW quite a lot. It's just not my thing. What's their um? What's their crowd situation like right now? Uh they have the the wrestlers surrounding the ring
2: in the like front row and then in the upper bowl they've started letting people in uh that are just like friends of
1: workers and stuff.
0: Oh, they so did that? Say, I didn't
1: even know that they did that. So you're saying the wrestlers are in the audience? Yes. So when everyone was joking about the elite being a mark for themselves, it literally happened. <laughs> Uh, you said that not i sir (laughs) i'll give you credit though they are
0: so much more entertaining than the nxt guys in wwe it's uh i think I, i might have written it i might have said it on another podcast i'm losing track of how many things i'm working on these days but in some fashion i had put out there the difference between the two is like one side feels like they're a bunch of drones that are being programmed of like say this cheer for that you're in a dark arena nobody wants to see you bang on glass like that kind of thing it's just really like off-putting and the other one's like hey pineapple Pete is fun put him out there and have like the librarians read books ringside because they're librarians and why not and like that seems so much more
1: it seems like the character's getting involved in the world around. It actually sounds kind of fun. Yeah, it's fair. it's significantly better. See, my issue right now with wrestling in the state that it is, I don't do wrestling without audience sounds typically. It just doesn't work for me. I tried WrestleMania. It was really cringy outside of the um, special matches they did, uh, the cinematic matches. So I might give AEW a try. It seems like they're doing a lot more. WWE, the last time that I, like outside of segments, I don't, I can't watch the matches anymore. They've just gotten bad. <laughs> it's so awkward. I
0: recommend checking out Dynamite. It's
1: significantly
0: easier to watch.
1: You see, in New Japan, while there's no crowd, they're normally that quiet anyway that it doesn't affect it too much. And I've been watching it with Japanese commentary. And they're so fucking loud and never shut up <laughs> that it makes up for all the sound.
0: Yeah, if it's anything like that, uh, Ninja Warrior, it's as soon as it starts, it's just like bang right at an eleven on a ten scale, you know. And uh, I have one other thing I just came across here. Impact Wrestling has applied for a paycheck protection program loan.
2: So yeah, they are like one of the wrestling companies, if not the only one that got some of these small business assistance. So,
1: hang uh, on, can could, could I just point out that while they've applied for this loan, they've also just signed a shit ton of talent. Maybe that's why. I'm just well, like, yeah, I'm babe. just like, God what damn, you... you just repeat every mistake you've ever made. What are you
0: talking the about? This down was down a great team. idea from Dixie Carter, who's now the head second <laughs> or something like
2: that. <laughs> Listen, Impact Wrestling is going to survive the nuclear holocaust.
0: Maybe that's what everybody should just make their masks out of. You know, how everybody makes that joke about, like, oh, how come the whole plane isn't made out of the black box, because that's the only thing that survives, is be like, I bought an Impact Wrestling mask, and there's no way I can go down at this (laughs) point. (laughs) We did... When the hell did we do that episode that was, like, uh, the end of TNA? Uh,
1: Technically, TNA died. Unless they called it TNA again, I don't know.
0: Well, Moose
2: is defending the TNA belt at Impact Wrestling's anniversary, so... So, Maybe. wait, do they,
1: do they have an Impact Wrestling belt now, or do they just have a TNA belt? No, they have both right now. Okay, which one's the big, important one?
2: So, the TNA Wrestling belt was resurrected for a show that was going to happen during WrestleMania weekend. They were going to do, like, a TNA uh, one-night-only kind of thing, and then Tessa Blanchard couldn't make it to the tapings, so they started using the TNA belt for real, but with... Them crowning a new Impact champion at Slammiversary, I don't know where the TNA belt will fit into
0: all of that. So we did the Death of TNA Wrestling
1: podcast five years ago. (laughs) Just reminds me of that Austin Powers bit.
0: Why won't you die? (laughs) Who throws a shoe? (laughs) (laughs) Was the name of the odd job character Random Task? (laughs) Yeah, I read <laughs> so good. Oh, man, I want to watch that movie instead of doing more work. Again, fanboysanonymous.com. If you want us to do more things that are on the geek culture spectrum that is not pro wrestling and deals with movies, TV shows, video games, comic books, all that other kind of stuff. Talk Austin Powers or whatever. Please give
2: us money to
0: watch Austin Powers. <laughs> God, like I would love to do a fan tracks of the three Austin Powers movies. That'd be so much fun.
1: Yeah, that's actually one of the few times where you've watched a movie, and I've also watched it, so I'd be down for that.
0: So if you do want us to do those kind of things, patreon.com slash fanboysanonymous is the best way to make sure I've got the time, especially with the Pick Your Poison tier, where you can request things. So if you're like, man, you keep talking about this Mount Rushmore of comic book characters, or when's the last time that you did some kind of a making the grade for some kind of TV show or whatever it is, or, Hey, you know, you've been talking about watching this show and you haven't said anything about it and put that something out about that. Anything like that. Uh, go ahead and take advantage of that. Uh, also show some love to the rest of the other things that are on fanboysanonymous.com, you know, the uh, Facebook, the Twitter, the YouTube channel, all that other kind of stuff. It's been kind of on the back burner lately, but I really want to get more into that. And I will as soon as I get the opportunity to and the time to be able to do it and stuff. So yeah. I think the most recent thing it did was the uh outside of the weekend geek stuff and some other little article things was the Donnie Darko uh commentary. So keep it in mind, fanboysanonymous.com, your source for everything geek culture that I can talk about. <laughs> uh you know what, we're before we get into the TV stuff, I'll throw some other plugs that are out there. We're on plug mode right now, so I might as well keep the ball rolling. The other Patreon that you can support is the one for this channel, Smart Count Moment, patreon.com slash Moment. Again, the Patreon has a bunch of different tiers. $1 is even something that goes a long way. $10 gets you access to the Dark Cast, which uh most recent ones talking about a wide variety of topics, just like the other ones where it's kind of therapy hour and everything, too. And... Mm-hmm. uh if you want to take advantage of the mailbag priority, that's another option there. The Pick Your Poison Tears there for Smart Count Moment as well. So if we're not doing some kind of a special feature and you really want us to do it, then Pick Your Poison. That's what, how that works. There's also the merchandise shops on Public and Redbubble. There are shops for Smart Count Moment, Fanboys Anonymous, and A Mango Tees. So if you look through all the different merchandise designs, there's all the different merchandise options because you could pick up some T-shirts or some stickers or masks even of all these different kinds of varieties of uh, designs out there. I was looking through the other day thinking, I wonder what options would be really funny if people bought on masks. One of them is like, since uh, Seinfeld is a show about nothing, the idea that you just have the Seinfeld logo and it just says nothing. That'd be funny to have over your face. And uh, wasted 24-7, all those kind of things. So uh, browse those. And you know, if you're interested in any of those kind of things, pick them up. I'll do a couple more plugs a little bit later on, but let's start talking about these TV shows because we've got, at the very least, like five episodes of things, six episodes to talk about. And we're going to go back to last week's a little bit because we talked about some of the stuff, but now we need to kind of do a full-on fighter Fest versus Great American Bash type of thing as well. Uh, Before we get into that, though, let's talk about Monday Night Raw. That was the first thing that happened this week. We had the opening was uh, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler talking about how Ziggler says McIntyre uh, has left all of his friends. And he brings out Heath Slater, funny enough, who it's like a rare instance of logic in WWE. He goes, hey, remember how you said that I was supposed to get a championship match? Well, give me. <laughs> and they they had their match, technically. It was a one Claymore, so it wasn't really like, you know, a match match, but uh. Dolph Ziggler attacks Slater afterward, McIntyre helps Slater out, they hug it out, apparently it doesn't matter anymore that he doesn't have a job, he's just like, ah, we're cool again. And um, I overall really liked this because this is their last opportunity to do this. You know, after this week, he is a free agent and they're not going to be able to do this when he's signed to Impact or AEW or whatever he ends up going to. And if they would not have done some kind of an acknowledgement of that, it would have felt weird when they eventually do the Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre thing because at that point it's going to be like, well, you missed your opportunity to do this later, you know? So, uh, thumbs up uh, as far as I'm concerned. What would you guys feel about this?
2: I thought this was an interesting way to utilize somebody who they still have under contract. Like, Heath, I believe until July 18th is still eligible to be utilized for WWE things. So, very smart, very... Uh, good on McIntyre for making the call. He did an interview with Talk Sports saying that he had to convince Heath to do it. Heath was feeling a little apprehensive about it, but at the end of the day, they're glad they did it. I liked it. I don't know what they could possibly be going for with McIntyre and Ziggler because Ziggler is now saying it's going to be a match that's never happened in WWE before, and I don't know what that could possibly be at this point.
0: I'm assuming some oh. kind of BS thing, like how this is like an eye for an eye match and whatever. It's gonna be like this match is a Ziggler beats Drew McIntyre match, like you know.
2: It's gonna be a Spirit Squad spectacular, you know. You know that's, <laughs> that's what
1: it's gonna be. So I love the Heath Slater stuff. It was uh, what it, the way I watch WWE now is I let it air and I find out about the cool shit that everyone's raving about, and I'm glad I went back and watched this because. It was some of the better storytelling they've done, but at the same time, with the way they're lighting the uh, the ring and the way the tone was set, for those of you who've watched that South Park episode where they're making fun of WWE, <laughs> yep, holy shit, did it feel like that? Especially with like I was just waiting for someone in the cra- like uh, whoever was at ringside to just go a hey, Turkish jab. <laughs>
0: Well, if he Slater would have came out and been like, you know, hey man, remember we were part of the uh, 3MB and like you were like a brother to me and whatever, then it
1: would have just been like, all right, this is the best segment in the entire year. But I couldn't help but get a bit of a vibe from that. I'm just like, this is exactly what they were making fun of.
0: Yeah. Now we need Cartman to be. Isn't he like supposed to be like uh, pregnant with somebody's baby uh, or something like that? Because he was the character that was like.
1: Yeah, he's like, he brags about I've had so many abortions and I'm gonna have a little abortion tonight.
0: (laughs) Uh, South Park's so great. God, how are they not on now with this coronavirus stuff?
1: Dude, they're gonna have so much ammo when they they really are.
0: That's gonna be insane. We had some stuff with Kyrie Sane, and uh, that's all basically going to lead to next week. The Kabuki Warriors are facing the golden role models for the women's tag team titles. Are you glossing over the fact that they had
2: a match between Sasha and Kyrie for the first time ever, Tony? Very much so.
0: It was a DQ. Who cares? (laughs) Uh, Tom Phillips cares. I almost
2: said Todd Grisham.
0: Jesus. Hey, it's Christian. (laughs) <laughs> and, they had attacked Aleister Black backstage And they uh, Had a whole setup up where the KO show Was going on, Kevin Owens had Seth Rollins As his guest and they kind of traded some shots Here and there and that led to Kevin Owens Volunteering to be Rey Mysterio's partner in a tag team Match, Rey Mysterio And Kevin Owens beat Seth Rollins And Murphy by pinfall And that made it to where Mysterio could pick what the stipulation Is for their match at Extreme Rules and he picked I think I mentioned before, an eye for an eye match, which now they're saying they're looking into some CG options of how can they do an eye for an eye. And so
1: did they actually just like come up with a gimmick and then not have any way to implement it? Is that pretty what you're much? Saying?
0: Yeah, because they're saying you win the match by pulling out the other person's eye, which they obviously cannot actually do. <laughs> like you can you can play around with the idea of like, oh, it's a... Uh, a sledgehammer match, and you you win by hitting the other person with a sledgehammer, and have a gimmicked sledgehammer. But like, if this turns out to be literally like Rey Mysterio does that kind of Kill Bill move, and he pulls out Seth Rollins's eye, and it's like this fake eye, and it's all like that, it's going to be so awful that WWE would deserve all the criticism.
2: You don't know hey, Rey um, Mysterio's.
1: Uh, commitment to the industry, Tony. You don't know if he's willing to just give his eye? I'm just gonna say, like, what, what are they gonna do? Are they never planning on having Rey Mysterio return? Because you can't just have a guy have his eye pulled out and then show up later with two fucking eyes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's <laughs> like, not Spider-Man, where he can just go like, oh, I'm gonna just, like, get a new power and grab it, uh, grow an eyeball or anything like that. Like, That is a comic reference, by the way. Anybody who doesn't know that, Fanboy's anonymous. I want to talk about these things, <laughs> clearly.
1: Yeah. For me hey, to be like, let's hey,
0: talk about Moreland. It's <laughs> like,
1: you know, like if, if Seth does, so there are, I'd be shocked if they go with Seth, because he's more likely going to be on television week to week than fucking Rey Mysterio. Um, yeah, I just, I don't get it. I think Are they, they going to do something cheap where Rey has one of those masks? You know, the ones where they close the eyes on it? He's
0: already got one of them. Yeah, because but I they mean, they like... poked the eye, so they have that. So that's what I'm thinking, like, maybe they do. Both of them are closed, and that's all they have to do. But like,
1: because he's had masks with like a black mesh that you can see through before.
0: Yeah, yeah, like they have the Sin Cara
2: masks. You know, you can't look into the eyes of Sin Cara. and. I would say they're going with I don't that. No, maybe but I if just... you
1: could look into the eyes of Sin Cara and he could look into yours, he wouldn't have fucking fell over so much. <laughs> you know, I just think that this whole thing is to
2: get Seth Rollins to wear an eye patch because somebody mm-hmm. is probably in love with the
1: idea of Seth Rollins wearing an eye patch. Bruce Birchard probably. <laughs> wouldn't that feel like such a copy of Dean Ambrose? And that's what, like another thing that
0: they are criticizing because they had an eye for an eye match in AEW a few months ago. And it was um, Santana, I
2: think. Yeah, Moxley and Santana.
0: So that was literally like you win by poking the other person's (laughs) eye. And if they just do that again and WWE's like, this is groundbreaking shit. Nobody's done this before. Except for in like January or February. Then that's just awful. I don't like this stipulation at all. I've hated this feud in so many ways. I really, particularly, I hate how every week for the most part has been Three people against three people. You cut a long promo each week. It leads to everybody fighting and somebody going like, ah, I don't put my eye on the steps, and then they run away. Like, I don't know. These kind of things make me go, the writing job can't be that difficult.
1: Are you if complaining this is how it that works. WWE is formulaic?
0: <laughs> Very much so. Because it's like, if you needed to write like a brand new story each week, I'd be like, Oh god, that's so difficult, whatever like that. But when every week turns out to be literally the same thing and you just go, How about we do that again? Then you know, control V, control C, like you just keep doing it over and over again.
1: You see, this is why I can't watch week to week anymore. There's so many things missing from it on top of being formulaic. I don't know how you keep up with it. <laughs> if he he wouldn't if he wasn't making money to do so i feel like
0: oh not at all yeah (laughs) it's been been a long time thing of me being like if this was not my gig then i'd be like okay maybe i'll watch like raw and
1: And skip through a lot of
0: things and you know like just because so much is just
1: thankfully you can get away with not watching something like main event so you don't have to see that.
2: that anyway
1: While you were watching 205 Live, I was watching the Chappelle show, and guarantee I had a better time.
0: You you wouldn't be wrong.
1: (laughs) Then we had something that,
0: this is a bigger topic, and on a normal week, this probably would have been the number one topic, and the thumbnail and everything like that, but MVP and Bobby Lashley brought out the new United States Championship title belt, and confusingly, it was like, it was MVP said, Hey, you know, this is my belt now before I've won it and whatever. They also have a tag team name. Now the hurt business. I like that.
2: Yeah, that's good.
0: And they had beaten Ricochet and Cedric Alexander by pinfall because Cedric and Ricochet are kind of like fighting on behalf of Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz is going to fight MVP for the United States championship at uh, extreme rules. And they've alluded to the idea that the winner gets the new title on Twitter. They didn't say that anywhere else. And they really kind of implied the idea that it was just like, that's MVP's belt. So I don't know if that's the type of thing where it's like, they kind of jumped the gun and MVP is supposed to be winning this championship. And then he's just going to carry that. And that's why they're going to do this trans- uh, transition. Or if they're going to just kind of awkwardly have this sort of like Apollo Cruz retains and he grabs that title and goes, yeah, I actually like this. I'm going to keep it like that kind of thing. But How do you guys feel about this championship? I am a big, big fan of it, and I didn't put this up yet in the Mega Maniacs group on Facebook, but I will post it at some point. I tweaked it a little bit and just made it to where the colors pop a little bit more, and there's uh, behind the stars, there's blue and some kind of things like that. and It makes it considerably better, but the design itself, I think it's fantastic.
1: That's actually my big issue with it. I need more blue at the top by the stars. That's really the only thing that kind of makes it look a little plain and a little dingy. I think if they added that, it would really pop. But overall, it's... Here's the thing. A lot of people hate the United States title, the previous look. I don't dislike it. I just think it's become an eyesore because of how long it's been around. 2003. Yeah, that's a fucking minute. Um...
0: If I... Have the right numbers. That's the longest reigning championship design that they've ever had.
1: But why though? It wasn't like even that good of a title design.
0: And it had no side plates for years.
1: Oh, is that something they just added later?
0: No, it's never. I mean, the, it's had the side plates, but not the removable ones.
2: Well, that's why they changed it because they the new thing is the customizable side plates. That's yeah, like and- the replacement nameplate
0: they should have um, like every one of them should have those so i don't know why it took them so damn long to do that cuz they really even if they really liked that design they could have had that design and just changed the side plates you know
2: i think they knew they were ready for a change in scenery and a new era and a new belt and you guys hit the nail on the head uh more blue at the top tony and i talked about this a little bit on the dark cast but definitely more blue at the top i love this belt i think it's one of the better belts that they've introduced in recent uh, weeks, and it actually made me want more.
0: So I have an article that I've mostly done. Maybe I didn't fully uh, post it yet or whatever. It's going to come out on Wrestling News, but it's a uh, ranking of all of the championships that are currently in WWE today, and I'll spoil it right now. This is like a little bit above the middle range. And it's only because I really like some of the other designs. Like, uh, I like, um, I'm one of those people that likes the WWE championship. So that's right. up there, the United Kingdom championship, the NXT championship, et cetera. But this one's definitely like even more. So the more that I look at it, the more that I like it, especially when I look at the one that I've <laughs> messed around with. And I'm like, Ooh, that's, that's some good uh, championship right there. Uh, it does look a little bit like it doesn't 100% show up all that well on uh, like with the lighting and everything. So I don't know if that was just that particular night or this particular show with like the setup of the uh, the way that like the actual performance center is worked out and stuff. But I'm hoping that that's not the case all the time because that was one of my little grievances too. it I was just like something's off about it. It's like there's like a weird glare to it and stuff. But something to keep in mind. I'm a huge fan of it. And I'm okay with MVP or Apollo Crews carrying that. I'm so
1: ready Price, to see you. They... go on. Go ahead. Go ahead, they bought like an old chunky MVP back and put a belt on him. Well, he retired in
2: January, right? Yeah. But then like COVID happened and they said, Hey, you're here, you're gonna wrestle again.
1: So here we are. Good for him, I guess. I've never disliked MVP. It's like one of those few guys that can cut a fucking promo. And I actually think,
2: like, for my generation, he was probably one of the better WWE United States champions.
1: Yeah, that feud with Benoit was pretty fun, too. The Matt
2: Hardy feud, the Benoit feud. MVP, for a while, was actually pretty good.
0: So I'm going ahead. I'm going to post that on Mega Maniacs right now so you guys can see the the quote-unquote finished graphic that i had photoshopped um and of course other people can see it too and if you aren't a part of that group on facebook facebook.com slash group slash the megamaniacs go ahead and sign up we talk about stuff so that was a part of the raw episode then we moved over to this whole thing with um randy orton andrade and angel garza beat the big show and the viking raiders by pinfall I have been loving Randy Orton this year with the way that he's been doing things. I loved that. For instance, in this regard, he was talking about how he has at least a little bit of default respect for Andrade and Angela Garza because they're third generation. I thought that was a nice little touch. Like, even if I only like respect you a little bit that that's out there and like Garza at one point, got like, I don't know, drop kicked or something like that. And Orton went over to him and like a veteran and like a teacher and everything like that, like obviously an abusive one, he grabbed him, he shoved him up against the thing. And it was just like, get your head out of your ass and like get your head in the game and everything like that. And I was just like, you know what? Randy Orton, something just lit a fire underneath him this year. And I'm loving it so much. And I really loved as well that FTR was upset about it. They're like, "Oh, you know, you're hanging out with your new friends and like all oh, so this kind of stuff," because they liked the uh, the FTR KO thing. So that was a nice little thing. Um, I wouldn't mind if this was a pairing that continued. I agree.
2: I would like to see this pairing continue. And Randy is just one of those guys who, when Randy is motivated, there is nobody better. We had... I... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I just, I know that Calum's not here, and he would usually make the joke about, like, ah, he's got a headlock on him for 15 minutes, but Randy Orton is the best wrestler on the brand when he's motivated. He's just you know that why he with... puts
1: a headlock on somebody for 15 minutes? Because why is that? It makes you, because it makes you upset that he puts someone in a headlock for 15 minutes. Damn right, Randy's the best.
0: Plus, Randy's got that troll side to him, too, and I'm sure that he's laughing about it. (laughs) Just like, you know, he does that kind of stuff online. It's funny. Sometimes it's kind of fun to be a prick to everybody.
1: I did see that a little bit during the match where he goozled him and uh, gave him a tongue lashing. It was actually pretty sweet. Um, Orton is on fire when he's um, in that role because we saw it a little bit when he was what's the fucking faction with Cody and Ted DiBiase called? Legacy. Legacy. Legacy, there we go. Not much of a legacy if I can't fucking remember, but
0: um, but you mean you can't remember Manu? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, fuck, I forgot Manu was even a part of that
0: <laughs> and Sim Snooker. Oh, <laughs> uh... they had uh Kurt Hennig's kid, Joe Hennig, sitting around not doing anything. This is before Michael McGillicuddy, and they had. Richie Steamboat at the time, I don't think that he had been medically like uh, disqualified to compete by yeah, then. Yeah, he hadn't got
1: injured by then. He was really on fire back then.
0: They had like six or seven other people, and they were like, nope, nope, Manu, and Sim Snuka, <laughs> those two. Like, why? Why in the hell would the, uh I understand not having Slam Master Jay in the group.
1: Because <laughs> that... like, when, it's, when Legacy turned on Manu, everyone was like, yeah, I get it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> It's instead of being like, Oh, you guys are dicks or you know, how evil. People are just kinda like about time. Like <laughs> Manure, as I used to call it. <laughs> uh uh Peter and Billy Kay, the iconics have been doing this whole thing with Ruby Riot. Billy Kay beat Ruby Riot, so that's a thing. Uh they set up this whole thing again with like I, one of the things I haven't been liking about these shows most recently is It seems like there's this, like, it's got to be an edict to purposely do this and not just, like, randomly happening. That people are wrestling multiple matches and that they're having a promo to set up a match more. Like, they're trying to get three segments out of people.
2: Well, Tony, there's a a pandemic, right? And, like, a lot of wrestlers tested positive. So they're trying to make do with a three-hour show
0: with the skeleton crew that they have.
1: But it's now so they'd like have a lot more wrestlers if they didn't fucking fire
0: everyone. Like, why not split things up a little bit? Then you know, like, why have Andrade and Angel Garza and Randy Orton in a six man tag, and then two segments later have a whole thing with Big Show and uh, whatever like ha- is happening with this, and then that's going to lead to that, and then another segment where something happens like this, and it's just like because like. Big show's sure got nothing going on with Andrade and Garza. So like, it's just, I don't know. That kind of stuff bugs me. And this is leading into the idea of our truth. And I did laugh about this. Our truth uh was doing the whole thing where he thought that Ric Flair was secure to Zawa in disguise. <laughs> and uh Tazawa came up with the ninjas <laughs> and it was just like, you know, are you looking for our truth? And he points to the wrong direction. <laughs> and tells him that he's over there. <laughs> like, I thought that was funny. I got to pop out of me a little bit, but, um, we're getting our truth against Randy Orton next week in what's called a grudge match. Oh like, yeah,
2: everything on Raw on Monday is a grudge match. Somebody it's grudge just, match. Mate. Yeah, See, somebody was just like
1: that's going to sell.
0: Like
1: I think that's a Bruce Pritchard edict, because I like I've got a bunch of old. Um, I forgot what they used to call the. It uh, was Coliseum Video. Yeah, like I've got a bunch of old VHSs where. Um, It'll be like, WWF grudge matches, or some shit like that. So it's definitely like an old phrase that they used to throw around a lot more.
0: WWE, uh, Band of the Bone feuds, or... Was he the one, probably, that pitched a good friend's better enemies?
2: Oh, probably.
0: (laughs) I didn't mind that little subtitle, but, um... I I did not like Two Dudes with Attitudes... (laughs)
1: I love that no, image. That, no, it's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> it's the type of thing Ooh, that you're like... It's like,
0: in a different era, that's perfect. Even back it sounds, then, it reads as like...
1: It sounds like, campy as shit. Like,
0: <laughs> I, I'm not somebody who has ever been a churchgoer, but I've seen plenty of things where people are like, Here's like the church group and they're rapping or something, you know what I mean? Like, or a school thing where it's like, okay, today we're gonna have like a, like an assembly, a pep rally type of thing, and it's gonna be some people and they're gonna be like, hey kids, we want to tell you about drugs. What, drugs, I don't want to do that. Like, you know, like, that kind of thing, and uh, you know, just say no in the drug program or something like that. The Dare program, that's the drug program. That'd I mean, be great. You know, <laughs> this is called I drug.
1: Think... <laughs> creepy that you brought that up because I literally just watched the South Park episode where those people showed up to the school and because they didn't want to end up like them they started smoking right yes yeah, so it's like
0: two dudes with attitudes always reads to me as just kind of like I don't know some it's old so timey cringy. person being like that's that'll be hip kids are like that you know I can't imagine Sean and Diesel were like that's our tag team name two dudes with attitudes <laughs> the ring kings <laughs> I feel
2: like that was straight out of the mind of Shawn Michaels. Like they probably said it once, and he thought it sounded cool, because
1: it rhymed, and that was just it. So you remember when Peyton said the Ring Kings, and we all just started making fun of him? Yeah. I feel like, two dudes of attitude, if one of us came up with that, we would've just been ripping the piss out of each other.
0: They got the perfect name. The Ring Kings. Uh, I still think uh, well, the fucking shit-headed is the best.
2: <laughs> while we're here, I legitimately think Men on a Mission is, like, a terrible tag team name. And especially because it comes out to M.O.M. for uh, Mabel, Moe, and, and Oscar. Oscar. Like, who thought of that? Who did that?
0: I don't mind Men on a Mission, but yeah, the mom thing and Mabel, Oscar, and mo like, no. Awful. Uh, Charlie Caruso talks about ah, blah blah blah. Nikki Cross does stuff. Nikki Cross is basically just being like, Hey, aren't I crazy? Woo! And Asuka beats uh, Bailey, so that's Raw. I mean, Raw for me, the most part to me was wow, look at that new championship! I like that. Hey, see, uh, Heath Slater's back, that's kind of neat. And then the rest of it was just filler, and he's gone, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm gonna skip over. Wednesday stuff and let's talk about the most recent thing uh, Smackdown from tonight that started off with Miz John Morrison having Jeff Hardy on Miz TV and the long and the short of the whole thing is that Sheamus and Jeff Hardy are going to have a bar fight at Extreme Rules
2: they never said Extreme Rules I just want to put that out there and technically speaking so yeah
0: but if it isn't I, then that's
1: weird I've avoided this feud like the plague because all I've heard is piss it's literally so, there has been piss in it. In the yeah. yeah, everyone keeps telling me there's piss in it, and I'm just like, you know, I don't need to be a part of whatever WWE scat fetish is. I'm out of here.
2: There's also the the Ligma Doctor, which was yeah. the funniest <laughs> appearance uh, the whole year. But this feud is so uncomfortable and so bad, and I don't know why they're getting a kick out of having Jeff Hardy talk openly about struggling day to day with addiction like this is not something i want to see on a weekly basis and i really hope it ends after this bar fight
0: you're not digging the uh the promos where, where everything is just talk like this man and everything's a struggle uh. Yeah, I
1: got, I I got of enough them. of his. I got enough of his fucking redemption bullshit when he fucked up in TNA. Well, oh so, yeah, that sounds like a chore. He
2: had that... one more shot, you know, and then he got another one, <laughs> and another one. I, I I like Jeff. I don't want to like pick on him in the addiction too much, but really, why are you making a storyline out of the fact that this guy isn't trustworthy? It's it, kind it's, of. He,
0: like, if they flat out did a storyline... uh, well, they've, oh, no, they've done these. Never mind. <laughs> it's like, it'd be kind of like if they did a story about an alcohol, and I'm like, ah, yeah, they did that. You've got Scott Hall in WCW, you've got uh, Hawk with the Titan Tron, and then uh, it's almost as if they had a story about somebody getting an injury to my, Oh, they've done that. Oh, It's almost like if they had a story about somebody gaining weight. Oh, they've done that. You know, and It's
1: almost as if they had a story about someone that had special needs. Oh, they've done that. <laughs> 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 They've done everything. <laughs> Nothing is out of bounds for
2: them. There's no shame.
0: <laughs> Simpsons did it. Just, WWE did it. That kind of thing. But that led to Jeff Hardy beating the Miz by pinfall. Um, we had Bailey and then Sasha Banks beat Bliss Cross Applesauce by pinfall. Hang uh, on.
2: Do you think Sheamus has COVID? Because he is one of the names that have not been on SmackDown for the last two weeks.
0: Yeah, they had him record things two weeks in a row. That's
2: right. And they were very careful to not say extreme rules for the bar fight.
0: Huh. I didn't think about that. That might be the case. Because they certainly haven't announced everybody that's had a positive test. That's for sure.
2: I also noticed there was no Corbin tonight, but this is purely me speculating. But I have to imagine if they could have Corbin on a show, they would have had
0: Corbin on a show. And they haven't had Daniel Bryan for these two weeks. It's
2: very, it's very interesting to see who they're keeping off the show. Hmm.
0: Uh, that Anyone turned into just refusing. Yeah, it could just be that too. That's true. They aired a rerun of the Money in the Bank match between Wyatt and Strowman. I got done some work in the meantime when that was happening. That was nice. I was like, "Oh, I, I can didn't catch it. up a little bit on things." <laughs> you know, I wouldn't mind if that was like a regular thing. If they did that towards like the end of a show or something like that, that'd be great. Just be like, "Yeah, fully catch up. This is awesome." And then we had a whole setup with um, the New Day, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Cesaro for later on. But then we turned into. Easily the worst part of the whole night I mean there's no question about it They had a karaoke showdown And it was Lacey Evans performing With My Baby Tonight Jeff Jarrett's theme Dana Brooke doing Honky Tonk Man's theme Tamina saying offbeat, It's time to play the game twice Before being cut off And Naomi Doing her best to sing American Dream, Dusty Rhodes' theme which really quite literally translated to not a single one of them knew all the lyrics to the songs mm-hmm. that they were singing. So if they picked those, why would that be the case? If they didn't pick them, then why not pick one that you would actually, you know, know? And it's odd that they picked American dream. Like that seems like it's almost like a slight. And this was atrocious in so many ways. Cause none of them were good. And it ends with Lacey Evans getting mad that she lost, because who friggin' cares? Apparently she does. did you
2: change it on the heel turn? She turned heel turning. Yeah,
0: I do. I have her as a heel turn for that. And she attacks Naomi. That leads to a match. And the match ends in a no contest because Dana Brooke and Tamina just kind of go, oh, we'll just, you know, kind of be a part of this, too. Horrendous.
1: wrestling. (laughs) This was so bad. You didn't watch this, did you? Oh hell no, I saw the fucking reaction on Twitter and I was like, nope. <laughs> so I I want the
2: person who traveled back to 2011 to bring us this segment to give us the time machine so <laughs> that we can go back and fix this year. That's first of all. This was the worst thing I have seen in a long time. This was really straight out of the butterfly belt divas era. They're not really wrestlers, but they're on TV, so be happy.
1: We're in a women's revolution right now.
2: (laughs) But, like, to me, this is all the more reason why the belts need to merge. Because they don't have the strength in the division to say, yeah, we need two separate women's titles in two separate women's divisions because they've done nothing with the SmackDown women since Wrestlemania and even kind of before Wrestlemania
1: I actually agree with merging the belts reality of it is women's wrestling in the US has been set back just by place of not being at the forefront so they're always on an uphill battle as far as getting their spots go and building a division That's quite as solid as the men's. When you water it down and split the talent up, it's a lot harder. And if they're resorting to going back to diva era segments, then clearly they definitely need to merge the titles.
0: I really want to know legitimately whose idea it was to do this segment because you gotta know, like they recorded this ahead of time. They had to have known that this was awful. And maybe they couldn't have redone something, maybe the, you know, time constraints or something like that. But like as soon as somebody would have pitched this idea to me, if I were on the creative committee, I'd be like, yeah, but really, like, what are we actually gonna do? Because that's it's just absolutely stupid and it's not gonna happen, you know? It's so there's no way that this could have worked out.
2: Before the AJ promo, which I think comes after this, I had thought Maybe this was a designated Riddle-Corbin segment that just got cut because they didn't want to show Riddle because of everything that's going on. Or maybe they decided, you know, we're not going to have Corbin on this episode, so we need some filler. Because the whole thing feels like a joke to the point where, like even you said, you know, they don't know the words to the songs. Tamina is completely off with the whole it's time to play the game. It's, it's host- There's three words. <laughs> it's hosted by Jay Uso, which is just random. The whole thing felt like it, it was just, oh shit, we need to fill some time. Go out there and
0: just do this. At that point, like, they're there. They've got this match type thing. I would have been like, Lacey, Naomi. You have a longer match. There you go. It's even simpler. You don't even have to do as much work at that point, you know. We're just like Lacey and Naomi have a match, and Dana and Tamina have a match. Two matches. You're there, or anything like this,
2: just really felt out of place. And I know Wego said it perfectly. He's like, you know, we're in the middle of a revolution. And they're always going to be fighting an uphill battle unless they're completely in the forefront. And obviously they can't always be in the main event of everything. But this just felt so off. Like, remember, it was earlier this year that Naomi was getting organically over on SmackDown after her return in the Royal Rumble. That seems like
1: a lifetime ago.
0: Well, the way that this year is going,
1: yeah. Okay, I've just watched a good chunk of it, and fuck me. <laughs> it's it's bad. real bad, isn't it? Right? Um, fuck.
2: <laughs> you, you still think Bailey is the worst thing about the women's division, Tony?
0: No, but I mean, if she's the best thing, then that just goes to show how awful it really is, you know?
2: Well, right now, I think Bailey and Sasha are everything that's good about the women's division. And I don't know. Like I said, just merge the belts at this point.
0: Legitimately, the way that the SmackDown women's division in particular is going, I think that Naomi's talented. I think Lacey Evans has some stuff to offer. I've liked Dana Brooke more in the past year or so than I have not ever since her career since the very beginning. Uh, Bailey has some things that she's great about. Sasha Banks is great in some ways. Like you know, yeah. there's plenty of different uh, things that are out there and stuff. But like if this is all they can do is have the crap that they've had Bailey and Sasha do. And then this karaoke thing, to be perfectly honest, I would be fine with them just saying, look, we have nothing in mind. We're going to wait for like three months and not do a single thing with the women's division on SmackDown. (laughs) Like, just be like, sorry guys. Like if you want to wrestle, uh, you know, over on raw, they've got that weird talent exchange thing that they did for a week. Do that. But like, this is terrible absolutely terrible i already tried to figure out how i could put it in my list for worst something or other at the end of the year awards i don't know exactly what it's going to get because it's hard to kind of say that anything should get like worst thing of the year other than the big mass firings but this is up there this is really bad uh styles is going to fight matt riddle next week for the intercontinental championship curious why that's happening very curious and the Cesaro and Nakamura versus New Day match for the SmackDown Tag Team titles went to an no contest because, hey, you know, well, that's the thing to do right now. And it ended with the New Day being put through a table, which is, I think, the second time that that's happened. So I wonder what we're getting at Extreme Rules. Clearly, it's a chairs match. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a stick on a pole match.
1: I for a table match. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you my eye for a table.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm like, you know what? If it's I for a table or not, or I through a table, both of them are infinitely more interesting because now I'm like, do you take the eye and put it through a table? They're even using the stairs, but then the other thing's like, do you just replace your eye with a table and just you know they're
1: at the point of doing ridiculous gimmicks right now. They might as fucking well just explore.
0: Just like uh, Seth Rollins has an eye patch and it's got a little table printed on it. And he's just like, uh, I, I lost the eye for a table, man. <laughs> 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 Somebody told me I was going to get four more legs. <laughs> <I was> gonna... <laughs> oh, God. Danny to the Patreon. Um, so let's talk Great American Vash. Bash, bash. sounded more like I said, Vash. Uh, versus the fighter fest on the uh, aew side of things now these are two shows they had been split up if you didn't watch them it's kind of how they did that they weren't pay-per-views because they were just you know dynamite they were just nxt but they kind of felt like pay-per-views in some ways sometimes they didn't and it's time to kind of go back and look at those kind of results and you know kind of get an assessment what was better was dynamite better with the great america uh, with fighter fest or was nxt better with great american bash uh, let's talk. Well, let's talk Fighter Fest. We talked a lot about WWE here. We haven't talked as much about AEW. Uh, quick rundown of just some of the things that have happened. I don't want to go through every little thing and be here forever, but um, I, I thought do. that uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus against MJF and Wardlow was one of my favorite matches out of all four shows. That was fantastic.
2: I agree. It was easily. One of the better AEW matches of the pandemic era. And Callum said this, and I'm going to echo it. I would be fine with Jungle Boy and MJF fighting forever.
0: I liked Hikaru Shida against Penelope Ford for the AEW Women's Championship. That, to me, was arguably my favorite women's title match so far this year, or women's title, women's match at all in AEW.
2: I, I think it's very shocking to me that. Penelope Ford, who's largely been on the outside and kind of just got a random title shot, put on the best women's match that this promotion has had. For all the talk about, like, oh, we're going to have the Joshi, and hey, here's Austin Kong, and Aja Kong, and Nyla Rose here. Yeah, Penelope Ford and Hikaru to had the best women's match in AEW. Mm-hmm.
0: Cody beat Jake Hager to retain the TNT championship. Jake Hager then attacked a referee after the match. So he's storyline suspended, which I'm assuming is their, their means to get him away from the whole COVID thing, probably.
2: And the crowd goes mild. This, I I couldn't have cared less.
0: Yeah. Uh, Private Party beat Santana and Ortiz. I don't really, really remember anything about that, to be honest.
2: I'll have more to say about Private Party when we get to night two.
0: They announced that Fight for the Fallen is going to be on July 15th next week and that that's where Moxley and Cage uh, is going to be. So we'll talk more on that in a moment. Um, Then Hangman, Adam Page, and Kenny Omega beat Best Friends to retain the tag team titles. And that led into some of the stuff that carried over in Night 2, which Kenny Omega and Hangman, Adam Page beat Private Party to retain the tag titles.
2: I hated this. This match felt like the worst kind of choreographed wrestling, where all four guys are so dependent on spots, but their timing is off, so now it just looks like a badly timed dance. I Yeah, the,
1: high spot wrestling is something I can't stand, but badly timed high spot wrestling sounds even worse.
2: Yeah, this did not come across well at all. And it's, like, private party, they're young and they're still green and they're getting you know more reps and they're learning but man this was just so off to me
0: Lance Archer beat Joey Janela and was also beating the crap out of Sonny Kiss ringside and you know the, the repercussions that come out of this Sonny Kiss gets a TNT championship title shot next week <laughs> Damn right. It's um, like, where's the connection point here? Cody's not even involved in this at all, and it's like, Sonny Kiss was the guy getting beaten up on the outside while his partner lost.
1: Can we just talk about how ugly the TNT belt is? It's oh, bad. yes. It's pretty yeah, bad. it's fucking bad. It's awful.
0: Yet, you know what? It's already not the ugliest championship in AEW, because I'll <laughs> I'll skip forward a little bit here. Uh, they cut to a commercial, they do whatever, like this kind of thing. It's Darby Allen doing, just jumping on a, a foam. But uh, Taz has awarded Brian Cage the FTW championship. So on the same week, and of course they didn't plan this, so it's not like it's like, oh, you know, people are biting off of each other or whatever. But on the same week that MVP comes out and says, hey, I'm the uncrowned United States champion and here's the new championship and it looks friggin' great. They have Taz go, hey, Brian Cage is uncrowned. I'm gonna give him the FTW championship? I do not care about this title. I'm not an ECW mark. I know that that's probably blasphemy to a lot of people, but to me, this title means less than nothing, essentially. It's not even like... The million dollar title which is like that was cool back in the day and that worked with the gimmick like this is just this orange circle that taz is like i got this and then
2: it says taz (laughs) on it by the way
0: and then he gives it to brian cage and cage is like "Ah, i got that now like it's just this is what's the point
1: I'll say this, I'm glad for doing something with Cage because he's one of my um he's one of the guys that I saw in Lucha Underground and I've seen in a few other places where I really like his stuff. Yeah, he's he seems pretty cool. So I'm glad that they are at least giving him somewhat of an endorsement. As far as Taz goes, I guess it makes them feel less of an odd package. Uh because it did just say feel like they I once when I found out that Taz was gonna be managing him, I'm just like, okay that's fucking weird.
2: This for me this does nothing. This is like I feel like this whole thing is Tony Khan's been like isn't it cool? We got the FTW belt. You know, ECW. Remember ECW? We got that belt now. Isn't that cool? Yeah. <laughs> I I just like Tony said, I'm not an ECW mark. I like ECW. There are feuds in that company that you know, I very much enjoy, but I just don't care that you're trying
1: to... It's force... like one of the aspects of ECW that no one really gave a shit about.
2: Well, it's it's Taz being... Literally, the FTW belt is Taz being a mark for Taz. And I sent you guys the uh, evolution of the FTW belt, which was initially just a winged eagle belt with FTW stickers all over it. <laughs> and then... He got a more proper winged eagle replica. And now it's this thing that literally has his name engraved in the belt. But it's like, here's Brian Cage with the Taz belt. I don't... I don't care.
1: I've never cared for Taz too much over in ACW, so that doesn't help with stock either. I I actually prefer him as a commentator. To me, this is, like,
0: the same... Playing level as Zack Ryder's internet championship
1: Yeah Mm -hmm. that's about it to me Yeah, And I thought that that was interesting And
0: funny at the time when he did that Because it's like you know a gimmick on a show Not as like something To actually defend on WWE Television and they never did And now this is like so going into Fight for the Fallen, he's going to hold the Taz championship, essentially, which now that just makes me go, okay, well, then he's not going to win the other thing, and he's just going to carry this around. And if he wins the other thing, then he's just going to carry around two titles for no reason. Like I don't know. Keith we can, can do it. Yeah, we'll get to that. But that's, that's a good thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing, I want people to realize that the ratings are showing... John Moxley is a bigger piece of the puzzle. For them than I think they realized. I'm sure that a lot of people aren't tuning in. Because they're Mox fans. And probably you know. Think about the Shield fangirls. They can't watch their. Jon Moxley. So they're not watching AEW. Moxley's title run. Through no fault of his own. Has just been shit. And. I really hope that after he gets done with Brian Cage next week, they start to put a lot more focus on John Moxley because he's felt like an afterthought ever since winning that belt.
1: I mean, isn't that AEW in a nutshell? Like Kenny Omega's one of the biggest stars feels like an afterthought. They don't know what to do with their main talent. It's and I've said this before, it's the idea that
2: well, these guys are already made. So, you know, we got to build Orange Cassidy. And we've got to build, you know, private party and Brian Cage. We got to make him our big star because he hasn't made it outside of impact. And I don't care. I kind of just want to see Kenny Omega kill it and Jon Moxley kill it. And the guys who brought you to TNT with no track record whatsoever be put into the positions to grow the brand.
0: I want Cage to win the title.
2: Because John Moxley's that much of an it, afterthought?
0: It's just like, why not? You know? What are we gonna get if uh, Moxley's still champion? He pops up here and there and he fights Lance Archer next, I guess. Like at least with Cage, I kind of feel like Darby Allen will come back and he'll beat the crap out of Darby Allen and, and then like somebody like uh uh I'm blanking on names right now, like um MJF. I'm thinking baby faces. Uh, Joey Janelle, let's just say like that. Like, he'll get like wrecked in a match and whatever. And like, maybe they have like a big heel that looks like he could beat the crap out of anybody on the roster and does, you know, instead of just doing the thing that they did before with like Brody Lee, where somebody comes in and they immediately get a title shot, lose. And then it's like, all right, well, then let's move on to the next thing. And now you're just going to sit around. I can't think of a single person that's come in uh, through AEW after the initial launch that didn't just get jumped right to the top of something and then go right back down.
2: I don't want to be that guy, but it, doesn't that sound very TNA?
0: Because mm-hmm. it's like we got this guy. Like, to, uh, to take a look. This is this is our big asset, and then you might as well put him in the championship match and whatever. And then once it happens, then it goes well. All right. Now we used them up. Like, Brody Lee's not doing a single thing that really I care about. You know, Dark Order and Colt Cabana beat SCU and whatever. See, know. in
2: fairness, I think this would have been Brody's first gimmick, but they needed an opponent for Moxley for the pay-per-view, and they were hoping to do that match because people have seen Moxley and Brody Lee fight So it wouldn't have been like, oh, we're giving away a first-time-ever match with no people in the
0: crowd. I already skipped over Butcher Blade and the Lucha Brothers beat FTR and Young Bucks.
2: What a... Okay, this... When you think of the AEW-style match, this is it. I saw one dude do a springboard Canadian Destroyer onto a pile of guys. (laughs) What, like it's bad shit for the sake of being bad shit, but at least it's from the guys you would expect it from and it wasn't poorly timed. Like This was the good variant of high spot wrestling.
0: And the last thing, other than the t- Big Swole is quote-unquote suspended, that kind of thing. Um, Chris uh, Jericho... Baker
2: legit got hurt. Uh, she legit had no su- surgery on her nose because it was genuinely broken. From the thing with Rebel, from it's actually stemmed back a few months from the thing with Sheeta, but hmm. uh, they used this angle to have her get surgery.
0: Yeah, she's just getting so much uh, beaten up and everything, isn't she? But Jericho beat uh, Orange Cassidy in what was a damn good match. Really big fan of that one.
2: Yeah, I liked it. I never thought for a second that Orange Cassidy was going to win, but it was a good match. I don't know if this is going to be like a breakout moment for him. He'll probably be one of the next TNT challengers, and maybe he'll get that belt one day, but I don't see him doing much outside of being an exciting
1: lower mid-card guy. It's the one feud that I get, like actually care about was Jericho versus Orange Cassidy, and I still didn't even watch the match, so <laughs> I, got, I can't even say anything about it. Uh, but I'm hoping he had a good outing. I'll let like, go see.
0: Orange Cassidy, from the very start, has been one of my absolute favorites. I, I forget if it was in the Battle Royal itself, or if it was at All In, might have even been. I was just like, I don't know this guy, but I like this guy. This is fucking funny. And then... I've never seen him do a thing that I didn't like since then. He's always been fun and entertaining. So, give him the belt.
1: Give him the Taz belt. It's orange. I just remember, I think it was um, Jericho's stable was beating the shit out of somebody backstage, and they open a door, and he's just standing there, and they just slowly (laughs) close it on him. Like, he's got just a natural charisma, and it's very great. It's weird that he has charisma
0: doing absolutely nothing a lot of the time. Like, uh, there was um the puppy bowl, uh, the puppy battle royale thing that was afterward. I watched a few minutes of that, and I of course I didn't, I didn't watch the whole thing because I'm like, well, I got other got crap I gotta do. I gotta write articles and stuff. But part of it was like, there's like the one puppy's named after Penelope Ford, one of those named after Brandy Rhodes, and whatever. And Tony Schiavone's all like, you know, oh, like they're going after the referee and blah blah blah. And, I'm like, no, this isn't really all that good. I'm going to tune it off. But before I turned it off, they had the MJF dog. And I was like, oh, MJF is like cutting a promo about the dog. Like, let me listen to this. And it's really quick. And he just goes, you know, well, this dog's named after me. So, of course, it's going to win, whatever. And, like, so that's why, like, this, you know, Doberman or whatever the hell it was. Like, you should pick this one up and blah, blah, blah. And he's fighting the Orange Cassidy dog. And they have sunglasses on the dog and the the dog just kind of like slowly like knocks it off because the dog obviously doesn't give a shit doesn't know what's happening and orange cassidy's promo to hype up the dog was he goes puppy (laughs) (laughs) like like, that's great oh my god this guy's so good if they could have gotten the dog to do like you know like a shake and kind of made it like where they made it seem like he was doing a little thumb up, like that would have been so much better, even. But yeah, uh, Orange Cassidy's did they have,
2: the man. Do they, they what? Did they have a bark
0: order? Still can't hear you. Did they have <laughs> a
2: bark. Do they have a bark order?
0: No, they should have had that. That would have been really good. Oh, uh, don't dump me down this rabbit hole. I'll end up looking on the roster, making as many dog puns as I can. Uh, but Great American Bash. Let's talk about that one. Uh, NXT had their answer to Fighter Fest, and here's something that I'm already gonna bring out there as far as the comparisons go. Um, Fighter Fest is something that's supposed to be in London. It's supposed to be another video game conference type of thing. Doesn't happen that way. Okay, whatever. But they have it outside with the more lively crowd. They've got pretty girls in bikinis and like little kiddie pools hanging on the sides, sipping like margaritas. They've got these um like palm tree type things out there. They've got these bright graphics that make it seem like it's this tropical environment. And NXT's like, Hey, we have the great American bash thing. That, that'd be a good little F you to Cody Rhodes probably. Cause that's like his dad created that thing or whatever. And it's around July 4th. And this makes sense. How do we make that seem like it's not the same old show? And they go, well, Let's keep recording it in the dark arena. Let's have black graphics, and we gotta do something to make it set look different. I don't know. Two cars. What the hell was up with the cars being the thing?
2: Well yeah, they had that cars. That reminded me of when they did the bash. You remember like the final great American bash they did. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it was like a car-themed show. They must Uh, think cars are very American. Cars are very American, Tony.
0: It's just so stupid. It's like, I would have thought of probably 50 things that you could have done before that. Now, I know that they can't do it outside because they can't just be like, let's just film it outside, whatever like that. So that's working against them. But like, they could have had some different lighting. They could have had like, the graphics alone. They went with like black graphics the way that they normally have and stuff that's not screaming go outside and have a barbecue and that's bright and colorful and it's july and it's happy and you're not depressed about sitting home all day in this uh COVID era like this is like get in the basement lock the door turn off that light like that kind of thing and it's like just not the aesthetic that I thought it would have thought of. And if you would have said that you got to window dress, this with like whatever you want to put out there, like the balloons, sure, whatever they got lost in translation. Cause they weren't really like on the camera all that much, but like, I really would have thought of so many more things above cars to be like, that signifies 4th of July right there, two cars out there. And they didn't even use the cars. It wasn't even like they had these street fights and stuff like that. They didn't have people like, Bash in the cars and everything like that because they just did a whole car thing anyway. I'm like, that was just so dumb to me. I don't know whose idea that was, but thumbs down on that one. But I will say I liked a lot of Great American Bash more so than Fighter Fest overall. Not everything was great. You know they had like a, a Fatal Four Way for the number one contendership. Tegan Knox won that. She beat Dakota Kai, Mia Yim, and uh, Candice LeRae. Big fan of that match. I thought that was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, I was very happy to see Tegan Knox win. Total surprise for me. And I wouldn't mind seeing her win the title, even though I know it's way too early for Eo Shirai to lose it.
0: Uh, they had Rhea Ripley beat Aaliyah and Robert Stone by submission in a handicap match.
2: I like the uh, tap out spot where Aaliyah is just beating the back of Robert Stone. I thought that
0: was fun. We had this random brawl between Mia Yim and Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano and Isaiah Swerve Scott just sort of was there too and getting involved and that led to a match on the next day where Gargano beat Scott and uh, there was a street fight on night two where Candice LeRae beat Mia Yim. So the Candice LeRae and Mia Yim thing, that makes sense. The Gargano and Scott thing, I didn't quite understand why that was just like starting a feud, but you know, whatever. Those didn't feel, the street fight felt special to me. The Gargano and Scott one didn't.
2: Yeah, I enjoyed uh, Mia and Candice a lot more than I did Johnny and Swerve.
0: Uh, Dexter Loomis beat Roderick Strong in a strap match. That was another thing that they had going on right here was uh, there was more variety in the match styles for Great American Bash. So I liked that. This was fun. The first ever strap match in NXT history. The first (laughs) First time ever.
2: ever. I don't know if you knew that, Tony. I just have to remind you at all costs. Strap match is good. Dexter Loomis definitely got pushed into a spot that maybe he wasn't totally ready for. Because I think uh, Velveteen Dream might have had a little bit more to play with. But I think Loomis might now find himself higher up on the card in
1: NXT. Silver dream
0: needs less to play with <laughs> uh you <know>, should <laughs> beat Sasha banks in uh, uh by pinfall, not in pinfall, and they had Asuka show up, and it's you know that, that came across the came of a whole cross thing with that and Bailey and whatnot but um good match I mean, no complaints there as far as I'm concerned,
2: obviously, I thought this match was brilliant, and one of my favorite things about it was. When Sasha got the mist in the face, she was so careful to not blatantly show that her face was covered in green mist. Like, she made sure to turn over and roll over on her stomach. And when Io pinned her, she made sure to bury her face so you couldn't see that she was covered. Which makes sense, because otherwise, why wouldn't the referee immediately disqualify Mm -hmm. Io Shirai? Great match though.
0: We had a filler match here with uh Bronson Reed and Tony Nese. I don't understand why Tony Nese is a babyface one day and then a couple days later he's a heel and that why this is a thing. Like that this to me was like the number one match that felt like they forgot that this was supposed to be a special episode.
2: Don't you ever call anything <laughs> with Bronson Reed a filler, okay? <laughs>
0: He's got a couple more months before he's the one to watch.
2: Bronson Reed is always the one to watch, Tony. Always.
0: We had a segment where Robert Stone had been saying that he had a new signing. And what happened was he and Aaliyah went up to Shotzi Blackheart and said, do you want to join the Robert Stone brand? And she said, no. And then out of nowhere, Killian Dane attacked him. And then Shotzi ran him over with her tank. It only
2: gets $2,000 per hour. He's got a new signing, Tony. If
0: the ride is... Random (laughs) thing in the background. If the ride is... is That Ah, that
2: was uh, my thumb hit the YouTube button by accident.
0: (laughs) So why is Killian Dane attacking Robert Stone?
2: Because I think they moved Chelsea and Robert too quickly. So with nothing to do for robert stone they're like all right buddy we're not gonna fuck you out of your spot but you're just gonna get beat up by people every week mm. uh
0: they we had a six-man tag team match legato del fantasma beat drake maverick and brisango brisango came out in like a whole conquistador thing i thought that was great their entrances are amazing
2: yeah they're having a lot of fun and i i'm so glad to see them just being active, you know? Because we saw them get buried for years of the
0: main roster. And Mercedes Martinez returned. She beat Santana Garrett. So that's cool. Awesome. But here's the big story. Keith Lee won the champion versus champion winner-take-all match. He beat Adam Cole by pinfall. He is now both the North American champion and the NXT champion. Double title holder, which... That's been a thing with WWE ever since that thing with Becky Lynch. They've been like, you I mean, know, that's what? a thing like,
1: in wrestling. I mean, Naito's the intercontinental and world champion in New Japan. I think uh I think someone else did it recently in Impact too. I don't remember who it was though.
0: It's like they, somebody just has an idea and then they, everybody just goes, me too, me too. Yeah.
2: They used to be a lot more strict about the double title thing, like you can't hold more than one But I think ever since they did the whole Rollins thing where he had the U.S. title and the WWE title, they feel comfortable saying, hey, you can hold more than one belt. And then Becky, of course, made it a cool catchphrase with the whole Becky two belts and all that. So I think they they're just going to play that card until they exhaust it. And Keith Lee. I don't see him defending both belts for too long. I think they'll probably vacate the one and have a tournament just because it's another way to kill time on the brand, but he made history and nobody can take that away from him.
1: Really happy for him because Keith Lee is one of those guys that I slept on for a very long time. And I finally got what everyone was talking about. Also more fatties with titles. I'm down for that. Uh, I also want to echo that. Like,
2: when Keith Lee came in, I kind of felt like he looked a little old. He looked a little like, okay, I don't get it completely. And then you start watching what he can do. And it's just not human. You know, to have a guy that size doing poison hurricanranas from the top rope and, you know, top rope C4 moves. And he is just amazing. And nobody deserved to end adam cole's reign
0: more
1: honestly he could stand to do less just so that he's got more to show off later dude's got a lot going for him he is
0: in my top 10 favorite people in wrestling right now heathley is awesome and a double champion thing i don't know how they're really going to play this out but i'm like you know what if anybody's going to be a double champion like yeah give it to him that's great you know i'm wondering how they're going to take one of those belts off of him and i don't think that they're going to do a vacating kind of scenario because they could but i would want to know the justification behind it because they haven't done it with any other means and there wasn't anything that said like you know how like ultimate warrior goes in as intercontinental champion he beats uh hulk hogan wrestlemania six and then they say well you can't hold two titles at the same time so you have to get rid of the one of them they didn't really set that up ahead of time but they like more so actually said, I'm going to hold two titles and stuff. So if they turned around and said, you have to give one of them up, it would seem kind of cheap to me. But I think that they can get around this a little bit. And I'm going to put out a prediction that of course may be wrong. That's why it's a prediction. I think that Finn Balor is going to be the next North American champion. And he's talked about how that's a title that he hasn't ever won. I could see a scenario being balor wins that title because he challenges specifically for that title not like oh, i want to challenge you for both your titles or for the nxt title or whatever and somebody like an adam cole or carrion cross screws keith lee out of that match and there's like a quick pin and some kind of thing like that happens i think that's how they can get around it
1: as far as gimmick matches go what i'd love for them to do is go the WrestleMania 16 route where you have a triple threat match for two falls and each falls for a different title.
2: Yeah, I'm surprised
1: they've never went back to that well. I think that's actually a very unique way. Especially considering ask. they're pulling eye for an eye out their ass. Like, uh, you've got plenty of easier gimmick matches to go to. Jesus, now they have eyes in their asses? God. Come I'd rather here. have the table. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 You know what happens when you got your eyes in your ass? Table? Shitty vision.
2: Oh, well, <laughs> fuck. All right,
0: that's him. All right, that's all, folks. Uh, there's some kind of a brown eye joke in here somewhere. I don't know how to formulate it, but uh, if you know, drop a comment below. And, you know. So, ultimately, I think that by a hair uh, in some fashions and by a big way in some fashions and stuff between... Fighter Fest and uh, Great American Bash Great American Bash has more moments and it's got more substance to it. Fighter Fest I think overall has just about the same amount of quality of the matches but better uh atmosphere. And ultimately at the end of the day you give me the heartbeat thing of Keith Lee and Adam Cole heading to the ring and they're in the backstage area and it's just that dum 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 And then it leads to Keith Lee becoming a double champion. Like, yeah, Great American Bash wins for me.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with you. NXT better matches, more important moments in the long run, but Fighter Fest, better presentation.
0: Oh, my God, I didn't see them, so.
1: <laughs> I saw, I, the only thing I saw was Keith Lee and Adam Cole. <laughs> so I'm pretty much like, yeah, NXT was way better. <laughs> Alright, and you would be correct in that. Here's the thing with Fighterfest. Fest. You know how you talked about Great American Bash kind of dropped the ball on presentation with the black and white shit mm-hmm. and not using colors and American themes? Why aren't they doing Fighterfest Fest where kayfabe, something always goes wrong?
0: Well, originally, the whole Firefest Fire right? thing. Yeah. And that's yeah, another so. thing, too, which is like at the time that FighterFest happened, the Firefest thing was still pretty, like, relatively uh, recent. It's been an entire year since then. And I don't know how much longer that joke is going to last. I don't know if they're going to kind of just act as if it's like, well, it's our own thing now and it's whatever. But, like, it would have been fun if they would have done that the first time around had like tents that right? they might have even done that they oh. they did do
2: that they did a lot of that
0: last year oh yeah because they messed up the whole
1: like uh the
0: gear and stuff like that too yeah but um
1: see they really should have just had fans have to sit on piss up mattresses <laughs> it would have been way funnier.
0: <laughs> it's supposed to be the gaming thing too and there wasn't anything gaming related this time around they just treated it like it's just like summertime whatever
2: well, they would have done the whole thing. You know, it was going to be, oh, it's our first show in London. But, you know, I'm sure they'll get there next year.
0: Yeah, so I am very happy about the Keith Lee situation. I'm loving the United States championship that we have. Still think my manipulations a little bit better, but uh, Fighter Fest had some cool things. Karaoke segment was awful. Congrats, Sarah Logan. Um, Those are the hot tags. And merge the women's titles.
1: (laughs) Get your hot
0: tags
2: here.
0: I did most of my plugs. The only other thing I should really mention are things that are coming up soon, but I'm going to make you wait for that one because these guys have some plugs as well. So let's do that first, and then we'll come back around. We'll talk about that.
2: Rob? Yeah, I have some plugs. Uh, Check out Fightful.com and WrestleZone.com for your daily wrestling news needs. That's where I work most of the day and check out the YouTube channel for our Paul Heyman Smackdown podcast that Callum and I have been working hard on. I believe episode three will be
0: coming out. Fourth episode, uh, episode three. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, Cause we had the episode zero. So this will be the third episode and this will be covering the fourth, not the fourth of July, but July 11th. So, uh, we're rounding the corner to Vengeance 2002, and you'll be able to see that on the Patreon, as a Patreon exclusive dark cast.
1: All right, so me and Jonna are going to be coming back to doing some streaming. You can check me out at Stephen Wago on Twitch. I'm taking a break from Twitter right now, so I'll let you know when I'm back on there.
0: All right, guys, and if you stay tuned to all the things that are happening under A Mango Tree, you should be following that things at A Mango Tree and at Toadie Mango and all the things that I'm happening outside of things, like the wrestling news and Bleacher Report and blah blah blah. Uh, then the next thing that's coming your way is going to be the Extreme Rules predictions, and then post show after the event itself next week, we're going to do the predictions probably on Wednesday, and then the post show, of course, is going to follow the actual show itself. That's why it's post show on Sunday. So the the horror show at Extreme Rules. Uh, if I can sit through that and not gag then uh, (laughs) that's something to look forward to. then we have the, at least currently four weeks of question marks. So we might get around to doing whatever we're doing Uh, in the span of the next little bit of time from when I am recording this, when I'm editing it, when it gets posted and when you're listening to it and stuff like that, I'm going to be updating the sexiest superstars tournament because that's going on right now. And that round is going to end and I'm going to move on to the, is it semi-finals i think it might be the next thing or maybe it's the quarterfinals, um round four or so i think is the next one so go ahead and vote on that if you haven't done that already and then vote on the next round when that's up and so on and so forth because that's kind of the whole point point. and we'll kind of figure out everything else that's happening while it's happening but if you subscribe on these different channels and you follow things on facebook and twitter and you just stay tuned then when everything happens then you'll know when it happens and then you'll be able to watch it, or read it, or click on it, or whatever you happen to do with those. So, that's it for episode 449 of the Hot Tags. Thank you for listening. Drop your comments below, tell us your thoughts, and we'll see you next time, everybody. But for now, this has been another Smart Count Moment, and we're being counted out.